Taking the discussion from 0 to 100 in seconds. Radio 111 presents Southern California's talk about cars and trucks. It's all revved up with Todd Bianco. Welcome, welcome, welcome. As usual, I'd like to start off with uh, news. There's always just so many uh, news stories in the automotive industry. And so let's start off with Volvo has priced its new C40 Recharge. Now, what that is, is that's the coupe-like version of the XC40 Recharge. And Recharge is Volvo's speak for electric. And this thing starts $50,000, which I think is kind of expensive. It's pretty much identical to the XC40, except it has a sloping roof line and looks a little nicer. And it's very closely related to the Polestar 2. Uh, which is its cousin company that was spun out of Volvo uh, a little while ago. Uh, they're both owned by their uh, parent company, which is Geely, which is a Chinese manufacturer. Um, let's see, it's a possible rival, uh, the Tesla Model Y or the Cadillac Lyric, although the Cadillac Lyric is due to be quite a bit larger and isn't scheduled for production until next year. Acura is bringing back the Integra nameplate. Now, you know, Acura used to say, the executives used to say, we don't even want to hear the name Integra because people were so in love with that car. I mean, it hasn't been made for 20 years. Uh, the last model year, I think, was 2001. Uh, the uh, It's usually a two-door sport coupe, and they were much, much, much beloved. And uh, low mileage, nice versions are selling for easily two to three times what they sold for new on auction. Uh, so people don't buy coupes anymore. So what's it going to be? It's going to be a four door hatchback or a five door, whatever you want to call it. It'll likely be built off the new Honda Civic platform. Uh, it'll probably have a four cylinder turbo engine and it might even have a manual transmission to satisfy all the, you know, fanboys who all say they want uh, manual transmission, then they don't buy it. They want the automatic. So we'll see how that sells. But uh, it, the Acura, this you know, this is basically an entry level car for Acura. But Acura says going to, that the Integra is going to be the halo car for their brand. So I welcome to see that they've you know been spitting out teaser images, but we won't see it till next year, and it'll be a 2023 model. Uh, the big wallet collectors came to the 2021 Pebble Beach Goodling and Company auction. Uh, I missed this the other uh, last week, I think, and I wanted to cover it. There was a 1995 McLaren F1 with 240 miles on the clock. Um, it was finished in Creighton Brown, which is the only F1 finished in this color, over Brazilian brown upholstery. Uh, it sold for an eye-watering $20,465,000. Stunning to be sure it will be tucked away in somebody's private collection and resold in a few years for even more money. And speaking of cars on auction, the risky business Porsche 928 uh, sold at auction for $1.9 million. The 1979 coupe uh, driven by Tom Cruise's character in the 1983 film directed by Paul Brickman, sold for $1.98 million at Barrett-Jackson's Houston sale, uh, smashing anyone's top estimate. Ten years ago, the exact same car sold for $49,200, which was considered, by the way, generous at the time. Uh, it came from the factory in white, but for some reason the film company you know the, the production company wanted it to be gold so they had it refinished in gold uh it also appears uh, it also appeared in its own documentary titled the quest for rb 928 
It's signed by several cast members, including Bronson Pinchot, whatever happened to him, uh, Joe uh, Pantoliano, uh, Curtis Armstrong, Francine Locke, and comes with several images of the car on set, uh, covered in camera rigging, etc. Well, I didn't buy it, but um, I'm sure somebody thought this was a good investment. So here's an interesting story that sort of you know, portends the end of the ice age for uh, the 2022 model year. Mercedes-Benz is suspending the sale of all V8 models in the U.S. except for the new S-Class. According to a Mercedes spokesman, the automaker has prioritized its focus to comply with global, external, and internal requirements, along with facing challenging supply chain issues. We keep hearing that. Uh, the action applies to all previously ordered V8-powered uh, GLE, GLS, and GLS Maybach, along with all AMG models. The only model not affected by it uh, are the uh, S-Class and the Maybach S-Class. Uh, there's no word yet about V8s coming back for the 2023 model year. However, it's almost certain that Mercedes will uh, power some of its cars with, you know, more than just the S-Class with V8s and, you know, certainly the AMG models, uh, obviously, when chips become available. Uh, in an interview uh, with Automotive News, uh, Tim uh, Kuniskus, who is Dodge's CEO, said the brand's electrification plans will be formally announced in the fourth quarter. We are now in the fourth quarter of 2021, and that um, an electric Dodge concept vehicle will be revealed in 2022. As a concept, it won't likely be produced until 2024, obviously. Uh, Dodge will also launch its first what they call electrified vehicle, which is basically a plug-in hybrid, uh, likely twinned with the upcoming Alfa Romeo uh, Tonale compact crossover. The rumor is that the Dodge crossover will be called the Hornet. <clears throat> Dodge muscle cars aren't going away anytime soon, but the new models signal the future and will give Dodge fans time to adjust to an electric future. Uh, the EPA has officially officially rated the uh, Rivian R1T pickup truck. Uh, it's an electric pickup truck, and it's uh, sibling the R1S electric SUV, and they both top 300 miles. The Rivian R1T has been rated at 314 miles of range, and the R1S earned a range, a range of 316 miles. Both vehicles have a massive 135-kilowatt-hour battery pack. Um, later in production, sometime probably in 2020, 2022, customers can pony up an extra 10000 for the Max Pack, uh, which will be available with the Adventure or Explorer packages, uh, and it will offer a range of 400 miles. The Max Pack is said to be <clears throat> a 200-kilowatt-hour pack, which is huge. A new report released by the Electric Coalition and Atlas Public Policy found that Shifting the federal fleet to electric vehicles could save taxpayers $4.6 million by 2023. Now, that's really just a drop in the bucket, but it did say that, I mean, for the federal government, I mean, you have $4.6 million. Uh, the report also found that 97% of light duty vehicles and buses in the federal fleet could be replaced by EVs by 2030, and 40% could be made electric by 2025. Uh, these totals don't include the U.S. Postal Fleet, which the report noted would be well-suited for electrification because mail trucks operate on, you know, predictable routes and they come back to central depots in, in, the, in the evening. Uh, Cadillac, which is GM's luxury brand tasked with rolling out electric, the electric future for all GM brands, has about 880 dealers. 
GM mandated that in order to sell the new wave of electric vehicles, uh, which I think the first one will be the Lyric uh, SUV, uh, dealerships needed to make an investment in the future, including charging facilities, tooling, and training for EV uh, service. On average, it would cost a dealership 200 grand. Uh, the dealerships balked because they don't want to sell EVs. Accordingly, GM offered cash incentives to simply close up shop, which 150 of them just said, well, okay, we'll take the, take the money and leave. That's about 17% of the, uh, of the dealer body, which they probably didn't need anyway. You know, most are standalone rural dealers and probably didn't have large volumes. Um, <clears throat> But, uh, you know, they make money servicing internal combustion uh, vehicles. So if that dries up in, let's say, the next decade, uh, it's not a very good model anymore. But it's not all bad news for Cadillac. They are getting some new dealers who are interested in Cadillac's electric future. And here's the drum roll. Cadillac is opening a new showroom in Beverly Hills, where they haven't had a showroom since the 80s. And its former home in Manhattan, New York, where it only you know, the store closed last year. Uh, <clears throat> so there's going to be a new one uh, in Manhattan. I drove by the Beverly Hills uh, uh, Cadillac dealer the other day. <clears throat> I, I thought my eyes were deceiving me, but no, there it was. However, it's very clear that rich people love the Escalade, and it's their <clears throat> their black car of choice for having their Ugly. you know their own personal driver who picks up the kids and drives them to various locations and all that kind of stuff. And you know, there's definitely a place for them. It's at um, Wilshire on at Robertson in Beverly Hills. Ugly. <laughs> Come on. No, I, uh, I think that all those. <laughs> Um, Escalades now from Cadillac are just butt ugly. They're huge, John. I know, but they're ugly too. <laughs> but they're very, very popular. They can't. They're all. And by the way, the vast majority are selling for more than a hundred grand. Yeah, uh, not to me. It's true. I mean, Kim Kardashian even has one. I I wouldn't give you twenty <laughs> bucks for one. So, yeah, it's and not I bad, but uh, I, I, I do have some good news for you, John. I, I heard I, today that uh, Ford's average transaction price for their car went up uh, last month. Now, the average transaction price for all of the United States is about almost, it's almost 40000 It's 30000 39000 something. Last month, Ford's average transaction price was 50800 Wow. Which means people are buying gigantic SUVs and pickup trucks that cost a lot of money. Somebody's got a lot of money, not me. Well, I, I, you know, Ford finances them. They're so most of them is sitting. Most of it is sitting on Ford's balance sheet as leases or something. Yeah, but unless we're talking about electric vehicles, um, I can't afford to fill the gas tanks in them. <laughs> you think it's expensive these days? Every Just time a- I drive by here in here in LA, it's it's it's. You know, some of them are well, well over $5 a gallon. Yeah. Some are low, like in the $4 gallon range. But there's plenty of dealers that have, uh, you know, $5 a gallon or more. What a joke. <laughs> it gets very pricey. Um, well, the good news for Lucid Motors, they haven't sold a single car yet, but they did start production, though. Uh, but they're... Uh, Lucid Air Dream Edition range, it's a mouthful, is rated at 520 miles on a single charge, according to the EPA. And then that surpasses the Tesla Model S long range by more than 100 miles. It uses an extra large 113 kilowatt hour battery pack. Um, and the Model S uses what is believed to be 100 kilowatt hours, although it could be smaller, but Tesla isn't giving specifications. 
Uh, the Lucid Air Dream Edition delivers a staggering 933 horsepower, along with that, you know, along with that range. Now, there's a performance version of the Dream, and it's rated at 471 miles if you get it with the cheap 19-inch wheels, and offers 1,111 horsepower. The base price of the uh, Air Dream Edition long range is 169,000, and the performance model starts at exactly the same price. Wow, what a deal! Bargains never end. They say they have 13,000 reservations, and they just started uh, production at their brand new factory in Casa Grande, Arizona. So I wish them luck, but it's a huge, huge, huge investment. Thank God the Saudis have money that they're pouring into it, which they do. Which is surprising considering the fact that they're about to lose a whole ton of money to people who are going to be moving to electric vehicles and no longer buying their uh, oil. Yep. Well, um, more news after the break, and we're also going to talk about the most appealing uh, brands from J.D. Power. This is Todd Bianca. You're listening to All Revved Up on Up Radio. Radio 111 is talking all things automotive on All Revved Up with Todd Bianco. Welcome back. Um, J.D. Power just published its uh, most appealing vehicle, uh, actually its brand um, study. They do this every year, and this is for the 2020 the 2020 model year. They published this in 2021. Um, let's see. And the, of course, let's start with luxury cars. And we'll have to start with the caveat and the asterisk that they give you here is that Tesla, it's unofficial, is the highest in the study. However, uh, the automaker does not officially rank among the other brands in the study as it doesn't meet the ranking criteria. Unlike other manufacturers, Tesla doesn't grant J.D. Power uh, the permission to survey owners in 15 states where it is required. However, Tesla's score uh, was calculated based on a sample of survey from owners in 35 states. So uh, their top score was 893, which beat Porsche, which is the other top brand, which was at 882. So that was 11 points above Porsche, but you know, unofficial. Uh, the next one is interesting because it's Genesis, which is the luxury brand uh, from Hyundai Kia, followed by, remember, this is appealing, not uh, not whether or not it's reliable. Most appealing then came Land Rover for you know, everyone loves their SUVs. They're very appealing. And a lot of this has to do with the new Defender. 
uh, than Lincoln, if you can believe that. Now, we don't see too many Lincolns here, but um, I guess people are buying Lincoln SUVs because they don't think they make cars anymore. Uh, that's followed by BMW. It's very close to that, followed by Cadillac and then Mercedes-Benz. And the segment average is 864. And below that, believe it or not, is Lexus, then Volvo, Alfa Romeo, Jaguar, Audi, Acura, and Infiniti. So that's kind of an interesting uh, list of all the luxury car brands there. Now, as far as mass market, now again, this is appealing, not necessarily you know most reliable or other 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 metrics that they use. And the most appealing, believe it or not, is Dodge. And it has to do with the muscle cars because the people who buy like the Dodge uh, Charger and Challenger, which are pretty much the the two main uh, cars sold by Dodge, they absolutely love them and they buy them because they're muscle cars. So that's at the top of the list. And that's followed by Ram, which is also, you know, the, uh, the division of uh, Chrysler. Well, it's not Chrysler anymore. It's called Stellantis now. But uh, the, the the pickup truck division, and that's just right below. It's uh, the top is 882 ranking, and Ram is at 881. Uh, below that is Nissan, uh, which is only at 886, which is pretty good. Followed by GMC, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Mazda, Many, hard to believe. Um, Chevrolet, the segment average is 845. Uh, then there's Honda, b- below the average. Toyota, below the average. Subaru, below the average. Volkswagen, below the average. Jeep, below the average. Even though these these cars all, I mean, Honda and Toyota and Subaru all sell tons and tons of cars. So does Jeep. And then Buick uh, and then Mitsubishi and Chrysler's at the very bottom. But Chrysler really only sells two cars. that They sell the minivan. Uh, the Pacifica, and then the uh, 300 sedan, which is kind of stale these days. And then they go through and give uh, various, uh, you know, segments. And so the top segment is like, you know, the uh, uh, most appealing overall uh, top three models. Let's see, small car would be the Hyundai Accent. Uh, premium uh, small car would be the Mercedes A-Class. Uh, compact car would be the Hyundai Elantra and Honda Civic together, compact premium Lexus IS and BMW 3 Series, premium sporty Lexus LC and 911, Porsche 911, midsize car, the Hyundai Sonata and Hyundai Accord, uh, midsize premium, the Lexus ES, um, upper midsize premium car, the Audi A6, and large, the Dodge Charger. So you can see how, you know, in, in some of these segments, how, um, you know, they, 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 they all shake out. I just think it's very interesting where it all goes. So um, let's look at another one. This, this is also for top three models per segment. This is SUVs. Small SUV, the Mini Countryman and Chevy Trailblazer. Hard to believe the Trailblazer. Uh, small premium SUV, Mercedes GLA and Lexus UX. Compact SUV, the Nissan Rogue. And that's not surprising. And the Mazda CX-5. Compact premium SUV, the Porsche Macan and the BMW X3. Midsize SUV, Nissan Murano and the Hyundai Santa Fe. Uh, midsize premium SUV, the Lexus RX and Cadillac XT5. Upper middle, uh, upper midsize SUV, Dodge Durango and Hyundai Palisade. 
upper uh, midsize premium SUV, the Genesis GV80, Mercedes GLE, and Porsche Cayenne. And then the large SUV is the GMC Yukon, and the highest ranked is the Chevy Tahoe. Uh, large premium is the BMW X7, uh, Cadillac Escalade, and Land Rover Range Rover. So there's quite a few interesting cars in this whole group. Uh, you're listening to uh todd bianco this is uh radio 111 and we will be right back um oh yes and coming up we're going to talk about the 16 cars that cost more used than new i think that's an interesting one that there are uh, that there's ones that cost more used than new uh, we'll be right back Up continues with Todd Bianco, your Radio 111 auto aficionado. Here's Todd. Welcome back. A little more news first. Uh, Ford is recalling over 5,000 Mustang Mach-E units uh, in Canada over build quality issues. Uh, The first one covers their panoramic glass roof. Apparently, some of them have not been sealed properly, and they could fly off. Not a good thing. Uh, Then the second one is for... Uh, the uh, windshield, which uh, also has a problem with seal and uh, could fly off in the case of an accident. So that's a little bit of a problem. Now, it's a, if, if they're recalling them in Canada, it's almost certain they're going to recall them in, in the United States, but Ford has been quiet about that. Redwood Materials, I'm sure no one's ever heard of it, but uh, it's pretty important, and here's why. It's a battery recycling company started by Tesla co-founder and former CTO J.B. Straubel. Straubel aims to move uh, more of the manufacturing of battery components from Asia to the United States. Uh, Redwood currently focuses mainly on battery recycling, but according to Bloomberg, it also uh, plans to build a $1 billion factory to manufacture cathodes. It will uh, produce enough for 100 gigawatt hours of batteries per year by the end of 2025. The company also plans to open a similar factory in Europe in 2023. Uh, The company plans to continue its battery recycling business, which is based out of Carson City, Nevada, which is not far from Tesla's uh, Gigafactory in Sparks. Uh, but that won't be enough. There won't be enough recycled material to reach the 100 gigawatt uh, hour goal uh, by when it's needed. Uh, that's where the manufacturing comes in. Uh, Redwood plans to manufacture anodes as well as cathodes, according to the Bloomberg uh, report. It also recently broke ground on a 100-acre site in Story County, which I don't know where that is, uh, Nevada, to make copper foils. Um, Straubel told Bloomberg that he believes uh, recycled material will be used for close to 100% of global battery production eventually, adding that recycling is already profitable, and he should know. 
both battery recycling and establishing a raw material base for battery manufacturing are priorities for the Biden administration. But since these companies <clears throat> aren't, util- aren't unionized, apparently Mr. Biden will not talk about them. Uh, let's see. The um, the, I, the Volkswagen the Volkswagen ID4 earned a top safety pick plus from the Insurance I, Institute for Highway Safety, the nonprofit agency uh, that's tasked with these uh, ratings. Its highest safety rating awarded by the the, the high, it's the highest safety rating awarded by the IIHS and considered to be the most rigorous safety testing in the industry. Uh, the rating holds for the entire uh, 2021 uh, ID4 lineup, including both the rear drive and all-wheel drive versions and the Pro and the Pro S versions. Um, well, that, so that means that it's Volkswagen did a good job of its uh, uh, engineering. Uh, the uh, ID4 all-wheel drive starts at 44890 uh, which VW claims makes it the lowest price all-wheel drive EV in the U.S. It's priced lower, the lower-priced versions of the ID4, uh, they say, it's, are positioned against the Toyota RAV4 and Honda CRV, although realistically it's probably cross-shopped against a fully-optioned Tesla Model Y long-range dual motor, which starts at 53990 Uh Ford CEO Jim Farley confirmed on Twitter that there will be a Bronco Raptor coming in 2022. Uh, the Raptor variant of the Bronco, which Ford can't make in, you know, fast enough because they have so many people clamoring for them, uh, has long been rumored. And there have been leaked photos of a disguised Bronco, which appears to be the fast version. Uh, so now it's official. And don't worry, it's going to be very expensive. Audi has revealed pricing for its upcoming compact SUV, the Q4 e-tron, starting at $44,995 for the rear-wheel drive version and $50,995 for the dual-motor all-wheel drive version. The Q40, the Q450 e-tron all-wheel drive, what a mouthful, is rated at uh, 241 miles. The rear-wheel drive version is the Q4. 40 e-tron it hasn't been rated but will likely be close to 250 miles in addition to the proper box light q you know it's a you know regular boxy suv there is going to be a q4 e-tron sportsback think of you know a bmw x4 the sportback hasn't yet to be priced but i'm sure it's a few thousand more than the standard q4 e-tron uh, they're going to start around fifty thousand uh, dollars. There are el- eligible for the seventy five hundred dollar federal tax credit, as well as other state incentives. Uh, Volvo says they're going to go leather free by twenty thirty, uh, but which is the same time they're going to go all electric. My question is, why not sooner? Uh, when Tesla was given hell for um, having uh, leather in their cars. Within a matter of months, Tesla switched their entire uh, build factory, you know, the entire factory to using vegan leather. So why it will take till 2030 for Volvo to make the conversion is sort of a mystery to me. Its sister company, Polestar, has going to, has decided it's going to go public. This was announced this week. Uh, it's uh, 100% owned by Geely. Uh, the reverse merger with – it's going to be a, a special purpose acquisition company. It's a reverse merger with Gore's Guggenheim will make Polestar AB and its affiliates uh, collectively called Polestar. The global electric performance car – of company publicly traded on the NASDAQ. Uh, the official global electric platform, um, the, uh, the official, the I'm going to say, uh, let's see, the deal values Polestar at $20 billion. Uh, they're going to get $800 million in cash from Guggenheim plus $250 million in um, pipe 
which is a type of financing. Uh, Polestar equity holders will retain approximately 94% in Polestar and roll 100% of their equity interest into the new public company. Uh, that has, I assume that means Geely controls the company, which it did before. Uh, but it is access to public uh, uh, equity markets, which I think is what they wanted. Polestar at least has delivered 10,000 SUVs this year, uh, which is uh, last year, and they're on track to do the same for this year, which is more than I can say for uh, for other companies. Uh, Ford has announced an investment of $11.4 billion, uh, which will include creation of nearly 11,000 new jobs at two mammoth manufacturing complexes in Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee and Kentucky. Uh, the new plans include Blue Oval City in West Tennessee and Blue Oval SK Battery Park in Central Kentucky. Ford will build both complexes. Blue Oval City is described as a 3,600-acre mega campus, and Ford says that it will be the largest, most advanced, and efficient facility in Ford's history. It will include a new vehicle assembly plant, a battery production plant, and supplier park. Blue Oval City will produce electric pickup trucks. It's basically the next generation F-150 and uh, wants to have at least 80,000 annually, which is which still isn't enough considering Volvo's, I mean, considering Ford sells nearly a million F-150s a year. Uh, they also plan on uh, working with uh, J.B. Straubel's Redwood Materials, which we just talked about, uh, to create a scaled-up, closed-loop domestic supply chain for its EVs and uh, recycle as much as possible. They want to have zero landfill for any of its stuff. Um, it's, what's interesting is that neither um, Kentucky nor Tennessee are unionized states for the most part. And what will Ford do if or what will a UAW do if Ford doesn't unionize these plants? Uh, that that will be a big question um, as to what will go on. I you know I don't know the answer to that. That's 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 a pretty interesting thing. Now here's a list of 16 cars that cost more used than new. <laughs> And basically, these are cars from the 2019 and 2020 model years that are listed for sale in June of 2021. The number one vehicle is the Kia Telluride. New, it's 44,166 and used, it's 47,730. And that's, you know, the, the one of the reasons is you can't even buy the car new. They, they have, there's almost no supply of them. And if they are, they're oftentimes marked up by dealers to a you know ridiculous amount of money. Uh, number two is this GMC Sierra 1500 pickup truck. Um, uh, new car price is 54205 and used is 57671 Wow. Toyota Tacoma. 37902 and used 39 a Mercedes G class that's the big boxy thing new is only 182631 and used is 190078 Toyota RAV4 hybrid which is almost impossible to get 34995 with a used car price of 36352 Toyota Tundra let's see what else have we got here uh, yeah the Toyota Tundra uh, new is for and, and by the way, this is the old Tundra, the one that's 12 years old, uh, 49, uh, and used it's 41, <laughs> 474 Dodge Challenger, 39, 375 new 40,764 new, uh, used. And then the Toyota 4Runner, um, 45, 372, uh, new and 46, um, 867 
uh, used. Hyundai Palisade, which is the uh, the sister car to the Kia Telluride, 44063 uh, new and 45365 new. Tesla Model 3, uh, 44409 new, 45, <laughs> uh used. I see, I've been told I should just trade mine in and buy a new one because I'll get almost as much <laughs> used that I paid for it <laughs> a few years ago. Can I get 45000 for my uh, 2019 uh, Nissan Kicks? Let's check. I don't see them on the list, John. I see a Honda Civic, a Dodge Charger, Honda Odyssey minivan, a Kia Rio. That's a pretty low-level car. Uh, they're almost identical to new and used prices. A Subaru Crosstrek, almost identical new and used, and a Subaru WRX, again, almost identical new and used. So people are... And, and this is all because of the pandemic and because of the shortage of cars yeah, and because know, of the shortage of chips, all we, that kind of stuff. We, it all comes right down to the same thing is that people will pay apparently for, you know, used cars that are, you know, j- these are not like beat up things, you know, with and these I, are, you know, low miles in good condition. And as I was mentioning to you earlier, I mean, I've been reading and hearing these stories that dealerships are paying for cars that are even underwater, that are uh, used cars and newer used cars right now yes. because they can't get inventory supplies. Right, and they're asking for leases to come back early. I mean, if you want to, you can you know, right. trade it in and not and not. You know, usually they only you know waive like the last one or two payments on your lease. They're looking at six months or more that they'll waive. Incredible. Which is which is amazing. I don't think I don't know if this is going to be repeated. Uh, you know, after all this stuff is caught up. But according to Elon Musk and uh, some other uh, tech people, he, they think that this will be cleared up, but not for another year. So there's going to be people scrambling for various chips all the way through 2022 for the most part. I think that's going to be. I think that's very scary for. Well, for, since for, I bought for, my car. Uh, I have seen some other new entries into the EV market that are uh, less expensive and have great rebate deals. I'd like to sell my car back to the dealership and go buy a new one. Well, see if they'll take that. Maybe they will. You I never will. know. You never know. It's a, the bargains never end these days. But yeah, I mean, it, I see it quite a bit. Um, I have not heard from Tesla yet. Uh, I've been trying desperately to have my good. Uh, 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 my good uh, rating for my, uh, my my driving so that they'll uh, approve me for full self-driving beta testing it, but I haven't heard from them yet. I've been very good driving. So, you know. Well, we'll let you answer the phone and we'll go take a little break. No problem. At any rate, this is Todd Bianco. You're listening to Radio 111 and we'll be back with some more news. Radio 111 showroom. Todd Bianco is talking automotive industry news and insight. All revved up continues. 
Here's Todd. Welcome back. Welcome back. We've got some more news for you. And uh, like I said, things are going quickly these days. Uh, This week, BMW, uh, through its 2022 iX battery electric SUV at the press in Europe, uh, it too is getting glowing reviews with with, with speculation that it's better than a Tesla Model X. The iX is about the size of a BMW X5 and wears BMW's new monstrous hideous grill. Uh, Well, that's subjective, but it is monstrous. Um, Press participants drove it around 250 miles from uh, Munich to uh, Dingofling, Dingofing, I don't know the plant. I can't remember where where the IX is built. Uh, it's you know in the Alps. The, the steering wheel is molded into sort of a hexagon shape uh, with two uh, horizontal spokes. It's uh, running the latest version of iDrive version eight. Uh, the top spec IX offers a 300 mile range and a top speed of 124 miles per hour. Uh, onboard connectivity has been upgraded to 5G. The dual, I hope that doesn't you know, screw with anybody's brain, right? Uh, the dual motor version packs a 516 horsepower, good for a 0 to 60 in 4.6 seconds. Uh, the base price of the iX is a whopping $84,195, and it weighs in at a porky 5,700 pounds. Um, BMW isn't given the exact size of the battery, but it's believed to be a whopping 111.5 kilowatt hour for the top spec version and 76 kilowatt hour for the entry level model uh, it can be it can charge up to uh at a rate of 200 kilowatts uh dc fast charging which is really very good i mean overall i've seen it it looks really very nice that the interior is just you know really lovely and minimal minimalistic i wonder where they got that from uh and what kind of disappointing is that it doesn't have a front that's all just packed in there with you know motors and uh, cooling stuff and electronics so it's uh, it doesn't have a front uh rivian also is, is they had their big uh press drive event for the r1t pickup truck uh, and in general the reviews are absolutely outstanding however it's clear that this is a uh, it's not a full-size pickup truck it's about the size of a, a ford ranger or chevy colorado mid-size pickup truck uh and um it, it it's uh you know it's got a large battery pack uh, and it has four inboard motors that make it more than capable of off-roading. Uh, it has uh, it has tons of storage space, lots of hidden cubby spaces, and you can even buy a five thousand dollar camp stove that stores into the uh, equipment tunnel behind the cab. Uh, it which is really a, by the way a really slick camp stove. I mean everything is electric, induction cooking, everything. It's just fantastic. Uh, it starts at around $75,000, which is no bargain, but Rivian has more than enough orders, I think 40000 they said, uh, to its factory to keep its factory humming for at least a while. They're just gearing up now for first deliveries. Uh, they also came out yesterday with um, their filings to go public, and you know they only lost a billion dollars last year, and they're on track to lose probably that this year, but they're very well capitalized with all sorts of funding that they've gotten from you know, all these various uh, – you know, investment bankers and Amazon and Ford and all this kind of stuff. And 
losses like this are expected at this time, you know, in in its in its uh, in its growth stage. So, uh, I, but um, Rivian. Oh, and by the way, the uh, the the UI looks just like a Tesla. I can't imagine why, but it's everyone who's used it says it's really very nicely done and very well uh, programmed. So that's important. Software is more than important in these kinds of uh, vehicles. Um, GM has started making Bright Drop. It's Bright Drop EV 600 electric van. This is pretty quickly. Uh, it's the fastest that GM have, has ever brought a car to, or you know, any vehicle to, you know, full uh, production. It was only 20 months. Uh, the EV 600, the first batch is going to go to FedEx. They're also going to be making a second smaller one called the EV 410. I, you know, the 410. Uh, it's going to start next year. And those are going to be going to uh, Verizon. So they've got customers. Uh, it's going to be built at GM's Ontario, Canada factory. Uh, the short versions will probably be delivered in early 2023. So it's it's a while before those come up. But, uh, you know, the, the FedEx version ones are going to be hitting the road before uh, or right around the Christmas season. So uh, that it'll be out there for delivery. I think that's great. Uh so, uh, you know, they really have gone out of their way to make this kind of thing happen. Uh, you know, kudos to GM to actually doing it. I don't think they have sufficient batteries to actually make these things in volume. I'm sure that they can build these things kind of faster than they, they are. You know, this is a you know, fairly you know, scaled down assembly line that they have. But if you don't have the batteries then it's it's a problem now these are delivery vans so they you know the batteries are, are you know they don't have to be gigantic sizes uh because they already know that these things are only going to be running on a regular um you know uh, route uh so i think this is a perfect use for them you know, fedex and verizon good for them um this is todd bianco you're listening to radio 111 when we get back john mcmullen and i are going to go all out for bring a trailer auctions it'll be a lot of fun to see what we've got this week and to see what happened for our one last week uh we'll be right back the discussion from zero to 100 in seconds radio 111 presents southern california's talk about cars and trucks it's all revved up with todd bianco welcome back i'm here with john mcmullen hello john hi todd and we always have fun this hour looking at auctions on bring a trailer and we're going to do uh, the same thing we did last week we're going to look at some old stickers from you know uh, cars from the past and how cheap things were and what things were, uh, you know, the kind of options that you had to pay a lot of money for. Um, let's first look at how our, how our uh, auctions did last week. Uh, and the first one I have here for you is a 1977 Pontiac Trans Am. That was the that black thing with all the you know the screaming chicken and everything on it. In gold. Yep. And, and, yes, in gold and black and gold. 
it sold for $61,000. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of money for that, that car. Is. Uh, but I guess it had what everybody wanted on it. Yep. Um, and you know that 1970 Plymouth Cuda that you liked? Yes. That one sold for $62,000. Not a bad price. Yeah, people people have money to burn, don't they? I guess. Uh, well, they, if By they the spent way, over I $20 don't. million for a you know, if they spent twenty million for a McLaren X one, you know, F one, and you know, in Monterey, and one point nine eight million for you know Tom Cruise's uh, nine twenty eight from Risky Business, you know what the you know these are this is chicken feed here, right? Yep. Uh, then uh, the uh, nineteen eighty five BMW three twenty i Bauer uh, TC, uh, which is the sort of like a you know aftermarket convertible thing that was only available in Europe, and this was imported to the United States uh, quite a while ago. But it was a nice looking little car, and it sold for not very much money sixteen thousand uh, dollars. And that'd be a fun car to drive around town. I think yep, that'd be I a nice so. one. And then the Ford Custom Coupe, that was, you know, but it had a, you know, it had everything that was sort of redone on it. You know, it had a, a Chevy engine, a Chevy transmission, and it had all you know, new, uh, it had air conditioning and, you know, a three-speed automatic transmission, all those kinds of things. Uh, so it was really nicely done. And it was, I think, silver and blue. Uh, and it sold for $41,250. I think someone barely got their money out of it. Yeah. Barely. Fairly. If they did, they probably lost money. Uh, let's see. What did I have? I had a 1993 Mercedes-Benz 500 SEL, and that was the big uh, sedan, and it had very, very low mileage. That sold for $28,250. Uh, then I looked at a 2000 Mercedes-Benz SL500. It also had very low mileage, uh, but it was like a silver color. It was I thought it looked really great, and it sold for twenty thousand five hundred, which I thought was a bargain, uh, because the two thousand one Mercedes Benz five hundred SL, and this was red over I think black, no tan inside, and it sold for thirty seven two fifty. So that's a big premium over the one that was just I guess the wrong color. So that was a you know that that I guess that's what makes the difference in the auction prices, and then there was a, a nineteen uh, a two thousand three Mercedes Benz five hundred SL, and this was the newer this was the next generation. It sold for twenty nine thousand, and then I was disappointed that I had a two thousand two Honda S two thousand. It was black on black, and it had very very low mileage, like four thousand miles, and it sold for only forty thousand seven fifty. Everybody was disappointed. There was no last minute bidding. So, hmm. you know, it was it was it was forty thousand for like you know three or four days, and then somebody bid forty thousand, you know, seven fifty, and it just went for that. So, things are you know, just it works that way, I guess, uh, just depending on the day and the time and everything else. So, <clears throat> yeah. So at any rate, that's um, that's how those did. Now this week we have uh, some interesting ones, and let me start with. This one I almost chose. I think I told you that this was a 2021 Mercedes G63 um, Brabus G800 Wide Star. Now, as you know, this is very much generally departing from where I would go in bring a trailer selections. This is right. not a very traditional John McMullen selection. So, it is not. Um, for a number of reasons. One, even though I have picked red cars, I don't generally like red cars. I don't want to drive a fire engine around. 
Um, but I also am not a huge uh, Mercedes fan, and especially when it comes to what they have done in the SUV specter. <clears throat> not so much mm-hmm. in the cars, but with the SUVs. Right. And so, um, but I did think that this was uh, this was a pretty decent looking car. Great. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's it's actually quite something. I I don't think I've seen one quite like this. Let's see what it says here. This 2001 Mercedes G63 AMG has been modified with Brabus B40S-800 uh, and G800 Widestar packages, uh, which increase output from its twin turbocharged 4-liter V8 and add body cladding and 20-inch forged wheels, uh, lifted suspension and performance exhaust system, and carbon, fi- carbon fiber exterior and interior trim. It is finished in juniper red over black Napa leather, and additional equipment includes a 9-speed uh, AMG speed shift uh, transmission, uh, dual-range all-wheel drive uh, system, three locking differentials, bi-xenon headlights, heated and ventilated front seats, and more as described below. The truck was first delivered to Fletcher Jones Motor Car in Newport Beach, California, and was reportedly used by Brabus International prior to its uh, recent acquisition by the selling dealer. So I guess this was sort of like their show car. You know, they would drag this to yeah. various events and say, look what you can do. You can spend all this money. And it's a lot. I mean, these cars new are, I don't know, are, are $180,000 or $190,000. I mean, just, just, just the... Just the base car, and then by the time you add all this stuff on, uh, you know, here it is, 184, 350 is the base car, and then by the time they got done putting all their crap on it, it was four hundred and forty thousand dollars. Wow, <laughs> it's only money, I guess. So, so right? Know, yeah, I mean, you know, it's I mean, so, so, no problem if you've got your own printing press, right? <clears throat> well, it's already bid to three hundred and seventy-six thousand. So, you know, somebody's got wants this car. Yeah. It's, uh, it's available in Beverly Hills. It has only 900 miles on it. So it's essentially not used. Yeah, basically a brand new car. I think that was one of the other reasons that I I yeah. was kind of like, okay. Yeah, but it's only a 2021. I mean, how much how many miles could there be on it? <laughs> you know, we're not even through the 2021 uh, yet. Wasn't this uh, a no reserve though? Uh, it might be. Let me just. Look I, at this. I yes, think it's it no was because yes. I think that was one of the factors in all the choices I made this week. Is they all had to be no reserve. Yeah, I, I think most of mine were no reserves as well. Uh, your next one is a 1973 Porsche 914, uh, and it is very green. Yes, it is. <laughs> and while uh, green is no longer my favorite color, it was when I was a kid, and I. I just thought, you know, look for a car this right now. I think running it around what eighty five hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, how can you lose? It sounds like it was an old man's. He only got to use it a time or two, and is now his son is selling it. Exactly. This is how the, a lot of these things uh, end up on Bring a Trailer. Let's see. It says this 1973-914 is powered by a Volkswagen sourced 1.8 liter flat four, mated to a five-speed manual transaxle, transaxle or transaxle, and was acquired by the current owner in December of 2016. Finishing green over black interior, it is equipped with a black removable roof. Uh, it has 15-inch wheels. Um, they look like Fuchs, but they're not Fuchs. They're, they look like it. They, they were painted. Uh, fog lights and an aftermarket Sony stereo. 
um, surface performed uh, in, in 2014, so a while ago, include replacement of the valve cover gaskets, wheel bearings, clutch cable, and throttle cable. Uh, 914 is now offered by the seller on behalf of their father with additional set of wheels, an additional roof panel, manufacturer's literature, service records, and uh, current owner and, and from the current ownership, and a clean Illinois title. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a nice looking, it's really, you know, it's well kept up. It's even has cocoa mats. I know you don't know what, you know, I keep saying that, but, you know, cocoa mats were very vintage at that time. And, and if you look at those woven mats that are on the floor, those are cocoa mats. They came in different colors too, John. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I did notice so, that, yeah. Yeah, so um, let's see, it's uh, $8,500 and it closes in, in, uh, in, two, in two days. Um, the next one I almost chose too. I had this already on my watch list. This was a 1978 barge. I'm sorry, Lincoln Continental Mark V. <laughs> yes, uh, <clears throat> it, very it much a barge. Yeah, over over a very plush blue interior. Uh, very I, plush. I like yes. that sky blue. Yes, it's it's a it's a pretty car. It's it's gigantic. I mean, for all the colors that they had for those Lincoln Continentals. And the Mark series and all that. Yeah. Um, I think blue is one of the more pleasant. Yeah, I think it's a nice looking car. And this one is, you know, uh, 86,000 original miles on it. So uh, I, I, this 1978 Lincoln Continental Mark V is finished in blue over matching velour interior and is powered by a 400 cubic inch V8 paired with a three speed automatic transmission. Uh, factory equipment includes an AM FM 8 track, factory CB radio power windows and door locks and a sunroof i mean sunroofs are a big deal in those days those were you know those were expensive uh, you know add-ons air conditioning and a cartier clock the car was acquired by the selling dealer in september of 2021 following service reportedly conducted in 2020 and included replacing shocks uh, and uh, air conditioning compressor. Uh, it's now offered at no reserve with factory manuals and clean Ohio title. It's in Milford, Ohio. Um, it, I think it's very clean. It looks very, very nice. But this is the kind where you know it looks like you're you're sitting in your your you know plush barca lounger and you know moseying on down the road, you know, in no hurry for anything. Just you know, in comfort. Yeah. As you float down there, it has an 80 mile per hour speedometer, John. Wow. 80. Wow. Wow. Could, could you even keep up with traffic on the 10? You'd have a hard time because right. 80 is where I set the low bar on my car. I know. <laughs> no, I, people fly by me at 80 all the time. I know. Same here. I, I watch I mean, people you know, going at least 100 to 110 miles an hour. Uh, and it's in a scary area, too. It's right where you're going uh, westbound up over the hump uh, by Whitewater. And oh, where yes. the wind mm -hmm. is so intense in there. Yeah. And people just, I mean, they fly by me. I mean, I, you know, one I don't of these days I'm going to watch much anymore. One of these days I'm going to watch somebody take flight there. <laughs> it's entirely possible. By the way, this does have opera windows in the back. Hey, yeah. Uh, well, you know, something else I wanted to mention, Todd, to our listeners, because we haven't done this in the past and I'm going to try and start doing it now uh, each week. And I hope uh, in future weeks I'll have time to be able to put the actual hyperlinks there. But there is a link to every car that you and I picked this week so that our listeners who want to follow along and look at these selections can find those links on the homepage right now of Radio 111 in the section right underneath the All Revved Up logo, which is on the right side of the page down below our link to our newscast with Charlie and Ryan. 
Um, the first section below that on that page on the right-hand side will be for all revved up, and it does have a link to all the cars we're talking about today. Yeah, and, and we'll have all the hyperlink actually hyperlinked, and you'll be able to see it because uh, th- th- these are you know worth uh, going through the pictures, isn't it? In fact, they are. Yeah, they're they're pretty terrific. All right, this is Todd Bianco with John McMullen. You're listening to All Revved Up on Radio 111. We'll be right back. Up continues with Todd Bianco, your Radio 111 auto aficionado. Here's Todd. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. And we're talking our bring a trailer picks this hour. Uh, and uh, your last one, I didn't see this one. I actually find it quite interesting. Uh, it is a no reserve uh, auction for a collection of six Japanese tin plate concept cars. Yeah, you know, occasionally we touch on interesting or weird areas. Like we've had, we've had the boats, and we've had some interesting motorcycles, and we've had uh, even parts of cars, like the hood of a of a Mustang. And we um, had like a toy pedal car and, and a toy had pedal like a car. Library. But I I thought that that this one would fit in that spirit this week because these it, are kind of fun. It does. I think they're pretty terrific, including the Batmobile. Let's see. These six tin plate cars were produced by various Japanese companies in the 1950s and 1960s, and the collection was assembled by the seller between 30 and 40 years ago. Um, examples consist of 50-zero concept cars, including two renderings of the 1958 General Motors Firebird III, uh, two rend- renditions of the 1961 Ford Griffin, uh, and rendering of the 1955 Black Lincoln Futura, and the ni- which I think was the one that was used for the Batmobile, and the uh uh, 1953 Lincoln XL500. The collection of template cars is now offered at no reserve in Salem, Massachusetts. I really think they're terrific, actually. I'd love yeah. to have these. Yeah, and they're running what right now about 800 bucks? Yeah, $800 with three days left. I just think that they're unique. I've never seen them before. Uh, you know, you're probably not likely to see them again. No. Uh-uh. You know, they're just, they're just can't it's be unique that enough. Yeah. These are probably in as good condition as you're going to find, unless you find them new in a box from somewhere. Uh, you know, because they're, they're, they're a little, you know, worn, but uh, I think they're really very cool. So, pe- you know, people are interested in them. There's, uh, you know, how many people are watching? There's 239 people watching, and it's been viewed 2,401 times. Uh, it closes in three days. Okay, so now what, what would really be funny, considering how some of these things work on Bring a Trailer, would be if we see them sell this week, and yes. then in six months from now, somebody puts them back up for sale on their Somebody fl- and they've polished them. Yeah, <laughs> they'll flip them, and somebody else will buy them. Right, it, it, it can happen. 
anything can happen on Bring a Trailer. I'd yep. like to see somebody sell maybe some of the owners, the former owners with them, you know, mummified or something. <laughs> well, somebody has money to waste on these things, John. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's amazing how much some of these things trade for. Now, my first choice is a 1973 Chevrolet Chevelle Malibu SS 454 wagon. I have never seen one before. I mean, you know, I know it. I mean, I've seen, I've certainly seen the Chevy Malibu wagons. Uh, 1973 was a kind of a malaise era year because they started putting all the smog restrictions on them. Uh, but I've never seen a 454, at, you know, turbo from the factory, from the factory, 454 turbojet, uh, you know, SS version of this car. Right. Yeah, I certainly um, so, remember because my dad had a car with this kind of General Motors uh, shape or design. You know, I don't yeah. remember if it was Chevrolet or or, or you know uh, yeah. a different one of the. Um, it, it could be any of the divisions. They all look kind of the same. Yeah, but but at the same time, I I don't ever remember seeing one that was uh, the uh, supercharged. No, I mean, or the Super Sport, I guess. Is right. It. Uh, so this is uh, 19, it says it's 1973 Malibu, Chevy Malibu uh, SS station wagon is finished in metallic red over white vinyl and powered by a 454 cubic inch turbojet V8 made it to a three-speed automatic transmission. The car was delivered new to Camp Chevrolet in Spokane, Washington, and is said to have remained in the Pacific Northwest until approximately 2010. Factory options include air conditioning, third-row seat, Power steering and door locks, uh, tilted uh, tilt steering wheel, AM FM stereo, and a roof carrier. I can see somebody running or uh, uh, racing this thing down Interstate 90 headed towards Seattle from Spokane. Well, someone paid bucks for this car at the time. I mean, you know, somebody, you know, really optioned it a lot. I mean, like I said, it has power door locks, power windows. You know, it has the remote mirrors, it has air conditioning, it has the, you know, the, the tra- I mean, it has all these things in it. Well, if so I lived in, if I lived in Spokane, if I lived in Spokane, I'd want something to get me out of town fast. Yeah. It's fairly nicely detailed and, uh, you know, it's well presented here. Uh, I'm not sure what it will go for because this is not, I guess, I don't think this is a big collector's car, but it's, it's certainly going to be, you know, of interest to somebody. And, you know, wagons always have this sort of, you know, sway on people. Is that the original color? What's the what? Is that the original color? Yes. It looks almost crimson, and which, you know, the big major university over there is Washington State University down south of Spokane and yeah. Pullman. So um, it maybe it was a student's car. It would definitely match the school colors of crimson and gray. Yeah, I mean, because it has like that sort of like the silver at the bottom, doesn't yeah. it? It's got the it's kind of a two tone scheme, but it's kind of unusual to see something like this. I just have never seen it's one. It's a before. nice shape. Yeah, and I think the here it is. It was the original purchase price on this car. The original purchase price was five thousand four hundred and ninety seven dollars with over two with almost two thousand dollars of factory options. Wow, that's quite a bit for this. So okay, you're and listening considering to the day, Uncle. yeah. Yeah, and uh, John McBowen, you're listening to All Revved Up on Radio 111. We'll be back with some more BAT picks.
Radio 111 is talking all things automotive on All Revved Up with Todd Bianco. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. My next pick is, uh, is a, something I've never seen before. It's a, Apparently, it's a real rarity. Uh, it is a 1968 Mercury Cougar GTE XR7 four-speed. And it's a beauty. It is a beauty. Um, it's a, you know somebody actually went and ordered this thing. I mean, they actually you know somebody ticked off the boxes because it's an interesting choice of various you know uh, options and colors. It says this 1968 Mercury Cougar is one of 394 examples produced with the GTE option package for a single model year, and is the sole XR7 version optioned from the factory with this with its particular combination of a 420 inch cubic inch Cobra Jet. V8, a four-speed manual transmission, and a 3.90 to one uh, traction lock differential, according to the Mercury Cougar registry. The car was ordered new through Park Motor Mart, Inc. of Auburn, Auburn, Maine. It was placed in storage by its original owner from 1978, so 10 years, you know, drove her for 10 years, until his passing in 2002 after which it remained with his brother until being acquired, probably until he passed, um, being acquired by the seller in 2015. Finished in Augusta Green with Argent uh, lower panels over saddle leather upholstery, the car features power-assisted steering and front disc brakes, uh, super competition handling package, a center console, and a Philco AM radio. Uh, This Cougar is offered with original sales and ownership paperwork, manufacturer's literature, uh, magazine featuring the car and the an elite Marty report uh, spare parts and a clean Texas title in the seller's name and it has one of your favorite features hidden, oh, hidden headlamps. headlights yeah yeah They're, they they could be they could be realigned better because they don't quite align right yeah. you know with, with with the front of, you know the grill but you know they could be really better aligned someone will do that when they buy it I'm sure the current bidding is at one hundred and thirty five thousand. Wow, and it's got six which I, more days which I think to go. That's going to be a record for a for a Cougar on a bring a trailer. I'm almost sure of it. Yeah, it's a sharp you car know, though. I'd love to have. Yeah, that. this is just very rare. I've just never I've never even seen this kind of thing before. I mean, I've never seen the GTE option with this with this look. So uh, that's one of the reasons I plucked it out of the uh, the option. You know, the the auction stuff this it's, week. It's really um, a unique interior color too for a car like this to have that. Uh, they called it what saddle, but I, it's really a, yeah. a like a camel or caramel ish color, right? And it's leather. Most of these cars didn't have leather. Most of them had you know a vinyl interior. Yeah, but it's got um, a matching roof on the inside. And oh yeah, the 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 yeah the whole thing is matching, and you know the yeah. visors and everything. Yep. Now it doesn't have real wood, but it has you know simulated wood. But still, what's interesting is that he got it with the. He could have gotten power windows. I don't. He didn't get them power power windows, and he didn't buy it with air conditioning. But I guess if you live in Maine, you don't think about those things. Well, you do in the summer. In Maine. Yeah. Come on, it's going to really? get a little warm up in New England, even in the summer. Oh really? Maine. What does it get? Eighty. Oh, come on. I'm sure it gets hotter than that, especially now with with global warming. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how hot it probably was not a concern at the time when <laughs> yeah, this guy had not. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one I picked, I just picked because I thought it was pretty, and it's a 1968 Fiat Dino Coupe. Uh, and it, you know the Italians know how to style cars. I got to give, I got to hand it to them. Um, this one is a 1968 Fiat Dino, uh, and that's by the way named named after Dino Ferrari. Uh, which is uh, Enrico's son, is said to have first sold in Turin, Italy, and remained there until being purchased by a Venice shop owner in 1995. It was moved to England in 2014, and it was listed on Bring a Trailer in 2019 before it was acquired by the seller and imported to the U.S. later that year. See, Fiat, Fiat needs to learn a thing or two, and they need to go back to this era of designing cars from those ugly things that they have now, those stupid little toasters. Yes. This is gorgeous. Yes, it, it really, is. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Um, uh, the car is finished in uh, metallic blue over black vinyl uh, upholstery, and power comes from a 2-liter V6 that was rebuilt in 2020 and paired with a 5-speed manual transmission uh, that was resealed at the same time. Uh, features include a stainless steel exhaust system, 14-inch uh uh, Chromoda, Chromodora alloy wheels, Chromodora, this must be Italian, uh, power windows, again, a kind of odd, power windows, okay, and, re, and a retro-style radio. This Dino is now offered with factory books, tools, photos of the engine rebuild and a clean California title in the seller's name. Now, where is Benicia, California? I'm not sure, but Todd, when you say blue, um, because there's so many ranges of blue, to describe this blue on the car, I would say take the aqua out of your swimming pool color. It's like a swimming pool blue it's it's not a dark blue it's it's not a light blue it's it's just a nice rich blue and this car just between that and the silver you know of the wheels and the chrome around it looks beautiful yeah they call it mexico city blue okay so yeah that's uh, interesting yeah um okay uh, we'll see where it goes. Let's see. What is it at? It's at uh, 52000 and ends in four days. And in 2019, what did it sell for? It sold for uh, 42260 hmm. So, well, they did some work on it. They did some engine work and stuff on it. So, it's already $52,000. i am so sorry. Doing... Did you say it had air conditioning or not? No, it doesn't have air conditioning. Okay. These these cars very rarely had it. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe the Ferrari would have had it, but uh, the Fiat is unlikely to have had it. Um, so it's going to only be a winter spring car here in the valley. Yes. Yeah, you're not going to be driving this around during the summer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's very pretty. It's a you know, it's a, it's got great visibility, lots of glass to look through. Uh, it's a it's a it's a beauty. Yep. Uh, the next one I chose is because this this is going to go for a low amount of money. This is a night. This is a, is a 1990 Nissan 300ZX. It has 43,000 miles on it. It's red over sort of a charcoal interior, and because it's an automatic, it's going to be snubbed by Bring a Trailer, and yeah. it's not a turbo model. And it's got a T-top. It does have a T-top. I think those are standard. But I, you know, it doesn't. It's not a turbo, and it doesn't have. Uh, and it doesn't have a, a stick shift. 
So I think it's going – the bidding is only at $5,100. Uh, it's no reserve, so I don't know what it will go for. But I think it's going to get a sort of a snub. You know, People won't buy it because it's an automatic. Oh, well. But I think it's in pristine $5,100, you know, how can you go wrong? Yeah. I mean, if you you know you, you look I mean, at it's got it on five the lift, days, it's probably going to go look, for twice that. Yeah, you look at the engine, you look at the interior; it's pretty flawless. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was very, very well kept for all this time. I mean, this is, you know, quite a few years, obviously, over thirty. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know where it's going to end up, but I think that I think it'll get a snub because of the you know not being quite the the right you know. Uh, combination of things for bring a trailer. Well, considering what we've seen people pay a hundred and two hundred thousand dollars for at times, I'd still say it's a great deal for somebody who's looking for a real value for a car that's in very nice shape, isn't that high in mileage, and no. uh, it just looks sharp. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun to drive. And you know, frankly, what's wrong with the four-speed automatic? I guess it just isn't. You know, it isn't the three-pedal driving that is. You know, that I, I mean, I read it time and time and time again. If you read the, the comments and bring a trailer, it's like, well, when I saw, you know, it wasn't three pedal, I'm out. I'm but out. honestly, out. who wants to drive a stick in California with all the time that you spend sitting in traffic? Well, if you're in Los Angeles, you really don't want. That's why yeah. you'll very rarely see stick shifts in Los Angeles. I mean, traffic here is just, just horrible. I mean, yeah. you know, I've been out during the daytime and it's just been really terrible. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, you're not going anywhere very fast and there's I love long, my five-speed when I had else. it from uh, Subaru, but I'll tell you, I'm so glad that I got rid of that car right before I went to Los Angeles from New York because I couldn't imagine driving the 405 or the 101 uh, with with a stick. It just, no, it just I would have had to have my hip replaced by now. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's it's just it's too much. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I mean, it is in the desert. It's not so bad, but you know, in LA traffic, forget it. You have beautiful luxury for your last pick. Yeah, uh, the last pick is a, is an interesting one, and that's um, let me get it up here. This is the uh, a 2006 Land Rover Range Rover Super Sport. Uh, I mean, it's, sport, it's a sport model and it's supercharged, which means it has the fast engine in it. Um, yeah, you know, it's. I just think the colors are beautiful. The 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 interior is just stunning. I mean, this is real wood. I mean, it's not. This isn't you know. Yeah. You know, fake wood. This is real wood. It has it has sort of a nice proper look to it. It's not quite the full Range Rover because it's got the slightly slanted back for the sport model. Um, but you know, this is a this is quite a you know a comfy ride, uh, and it's coming from Winter Park, Florida. Let's see what it says here. It says that uh, it's a no reserve auction, by the way. And this 2006 Land Rover Range Rover uh, Sport was first registered in Virginia, where it remained with its original owner prior to the selling dealer's acquisition in June of 2021. Uh, the truck is finished in metallic blue over white leather and is powered by 
<clears throat> a supercharged 4.2 liter V8 mated to a six-speed ZF automatic transmission and a dual-range transfer case. Equipment includes adjustable air suspension, sunroof, a Harman Kardon audio system, uh, rear seat entertainment, satellite radio, navigation, tri-zone automatic climate control, uh, power-adjusted heated seats and heated and ventilated seats, um, uh, heated uh, heated rear seats. Uh, the Range Rover Sport has 65,000 miles and is offered at no reserve by the selling dealer in Florida uh, with manufacturer's literature, two key fobs, and a clean Carfax report and a clean Virginia title. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's 13500 right now and it ends in three days. And uh, if you're looking for sort of like a nice SUV to keep and just drive locally or whatever. This is it. Now the problem with cars of this this any of the in this time period, if you look at the navigation and you look at the, the screens they have, they pale in comparison to what we have today. So the tech is not wearing well in cars like this. I mean it's not just Range Rover, I mean or Land Rover. It's all cars of this era. Right. You know, they've got this you know, we look at it and say, oh, my God, this, you know, it's a dot matrix print out or it's only, a, you know, it's two colors. It's not full color. It's, you know, it just, you know, we expect, you know, 15 inch screens. We expect full color. We expect all these things. And I don't know how well a navigation will wear in a car like this. Yeah, but if you're looking for a car for your kid. I mean, yeah. this is styling, and, and it's yeah, at a, it's, right now anyway, it's at a great price. It's at a great price. Send your kid to college with this thing, they'll be the hit. Indeed they will. Unless they're going to some school where everybody has something expensive, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Anything's possible. Wait a minute, uh, all schools are expensive now. Yeah, yeah everything is. Uh, when we come back, we're going to look at some sticker uh, window stickers from the past. Uh, this is Todd Bianco with John McMullen. You're listening to All Revved Up, and this is Radio 111. From the Radio 111 showroom, Todd Bianco is talking automotive industry news and insight. All Revved Up continues. Here's Todd. Welcome back. And we're going to talk some window stickers, John. Um, I found a few, some old, some newer. Uh, I always like to talk about Porsche because it's so egregious. Um, This is a 2018 911 Targa 4S. All right. So the base price is, and this is in Canadian dollars, I guess, is 181,000 Canadian, which I guess is really uh, here's the the U.S. price is 141,900. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Bose sound system, 1,820. Air vents painted uh, in the color and black. 1,820. Rear diffuser painted, 717. <laughs> Interior trim and carbon fiber, 2,280. Leather interior in Bordeaux red, 4,890. 
power seats 14-way with memory package 2650 premium package because apparently the car wasn't premium enough was 4540 sports package because the car wasn't sporty enough 7370 door sill guards in carbon fiber 860 side skirts painted 860 sports design package 5130 uh, instrument dials in racing yellow 990 sports chrono clock dial in racing yellow 480 this is just the back plate of the of the actual gauge uh, let's see uh, gear shift lever lever and carbon fiber 750 sports design exterior mirrors in carbon fiber 1620 Porsche crests on headrest that's sort of like an embossment 330 you know there are two headrests and uh, sports compartment lid with model logo 380 so uh, you know you start at 141 and you get up to 181 it's only forty thousand dollars in options only (laughs) because the car isn't good enough john at 141,000. This is the problem with Porsche. You have to to do it, you know, to to make it anywhere near what you'd like it to be, you start adding big bucks to the sticker to get it where you want it to be. And they know that and people do, they don't care. So they just spend the money. And something that's different, I found in 1991 Audi Quattro uh, Coupe Audi Coupe Quattro. Now, these things do not age well. The cars themselves were terrific at the time, and they were a lot of fun to drive. But Audi didn't hadn't really found their their feet yet, and they, you know the the interiors kind of didn't age well. You know the the plastics didn't hold up well, and the the seats and the materials you know sort of disintegrated and stuff. Um, but this car started at thirty thousand nine ninety, which in nineteen ninety one was very expensive. You know, it had a 2.3-liter, 20-valve fuel-injected five-cylinder engine with fully electronic uh, management system, hydraulic valve lifters, and twin-knock sensors. Full-time all-wheel drive. Again, this, these were a big deal back then because not all, you know, a lot of passenger cars were not full-time all-wheel drive. Uh, and these items are also standard. Electronic climate control system, AM, FM, anti-theft stereo cassette radio, power windows and central door locking, power, uh, dual power mirrors and defog uh, feature, uh, electronic cruise control, trip information computer, leather seat upholstery, wood trim uh, dash console and side panels. So that's what it started. Now the um, the big uh, option packages were very little here. It's cold weather package, which was heated front seats, uh, door locks, and windshield washer nozzles was three hundred and sixty five dollars, and California emissions package was one hundred and thirty. So that's all the options the car had on it, but it still ended up costing thirty two thousand seven hundred, which in nineteen ninety one was not a cheap car. So that, oh, that's for sure. And, 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 and the, and the MPG sucked too. I mean, it, considering this is a 2.3 liter five cylinder engine, the city was 17 highway was 24. <laughs> Not very good. Uh, no, no. I also found a Volvo. There you go. 
Uh, this was a 1982 Volvo diesel station wagon. <clears throat> it starts at $14,000. And the sole option was the uh, G, uh, GL line diesel model. And I guess whatever the GL line put on it, they don't tell you what it is. But that, was, that package was $1,320. Federal excise tax on tires was $880. Destination charge of $280. And for a total of $15,608.80 for the box. And it was a six-cylinder diesel, three-speed automatic transmission, and it got 26 miles per gallon. Big deal back then. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, thanks for, uh, for for being with me, John. I've had a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, Thank you. Uh, Bringer Trailers is always one of my favorite segments. Uh, this is all revved up, and you're listening to Radio 111. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.